0: My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the Apostle Paul was saying farewell to the pastors of the churches in Ephesus in Asia Minor. There are some circumstances about how he did it and where that really aren't that important to us at this moment. They would be another time. But let's just listen to some of Paul's words from Acts chapter 20, beginning at verse 27. I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth, in order to draw away disciples after them, so be on your guard. Remember that for three years, I never stopped warning each of you, night and day with tears. Now I commit to you, I, I commit you to God and to the word of His grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. This is the word of the Lord. Are you ready? This week, 33 eighth graders and two high schoolers had to ask themselves that question, am I ready? As we had a marathon, a private confirmation examination of all of our young people to find out if they were ready to join into our uh, communion fellowship and be ready to take the Lord's Supper and to confess their Christian faith. They answered these questions that I'm going to ask you right now. Dawson, I'll skip you because you passed your examination. But if you know an answer, go ahead and shout it out. If you're not sure you know an answer, then uh, maybe don't say it so loudly, but try to get it right and we'll see how we do. First of all, what does triune mean? Three and one. Who are the three persons of the Trinity? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Very good. What is the twofold work of God the Father? He is our Creator, and He still preserves me, right? Therefore, richly and daily, providing me with clothing and shoes, meat and drink, house and hold. That's the Tan Catechism. I'll get it right one of these years. How long were the days of creation? Six 24-hour days. Do you know a verse or a a phrase in either Genesis or Exodus that tells us that the days of creation were six 24-hour days? There was evening and morning. Also in, in Exodus 20, in the third commandment, God also tells us that he has set aside the seventh day of the week, just as he rested on the seventh day, so also we have the Sabbath day. And if the days of the week were millions of years long, imagine how long Saturday would be. Pretty cool. What's the ninth commandment? You shall not covet your neighbor's house. House. The ninth commandment about material possessions and inheritance The 10th commandment, wife workers and children, uh, about about living uh, things under your your neighbor's care. What are the two natures of Jesus Christ? He is both true God and true man. What are the percents? How much percent God? One hundred percent. How much true man? One hundred percent. Now do some scriptural math. What's a hundred percent plus a hundred percent? One hundred percent. Very good. Trick question. What does it mean for you that Jesus died on the cross? He died to take away my sins. Yeah, when did the Holy Spirit put faith in your heart? When I was baptized, for most of us, right? Yeah. Um, a sacrament is a sacred act instituted by Christ, commanded by God, connected with the word of God and an earthly element to give us the forgiveness of sins. What are the two sacraments that meet that requirement in the Bible? Baptism and the Lord's Supper. Very good. Uh, In an emergency, who may baptize? Any Christian. Yeah, What what would you say if you were to baptize in an emergency? I baptize you, Son, and Holy Spirit. Very good. What kind of water do you use in baptism? Any water? My first baptism in New Ulm, uh, uh, uh we were still unpacking the, the semi and uh, Joanne Wolf, sitting right there, uh, called me at home. There's an emergency. Get to the hospital. And, and like an idiot, I took my communion kit and ran to the hospital, still in my, in my jeans and sweatshirt. We were, we were unloading to, to, to move here. This is back in 2001. And I ran into the, into the, into the delivery room and asked the nurse, where is there water? And the nurse, this is a quote, she said, turn around, dummy. So I, I, I still teach that to the catechism kids. So if you need water, just turn around, dummy. It'll be there. Three sinks. Four in most delivery rooms, by the way. Um, what does baptism give or profit? It gives forgiveness of sins, delivers from death and the devil, and gives eternal salvation to all who believe as the words and promises of God declare. Um, What are the earthly elements in the Lord's Supper? Bread and wine. Bread and wine. Uh, What do we receive along with the bread and the wine? We receive Jesus' body and blood for the forgiveness of sins. Uh, What are the questions I should ask myself before I take the Lord's Supper? First of all, about my sins. Am I sorry for my sins? Who do I trust? Jesus, my Savior. Do I recognize His body and blood? And do I pray that the Holy Spirit would lead me to live a godly life? Um, According to the Bible, what people should not receive the Lord's Supper? Those who cannot examine themselves and those who do not recognize the body and blood. This is 1 Corinthians 10 and 11. We're going to be hearing more from this in the coming uh, calendar and church here. But remember that a person who is, for example, uh, 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 not in their right mind, doesn't recognize it. A person who is unconscious cannot receive the Lord's Supper. And I say it because we're occasionally asked in the emergency room, a person who has died cannot receive the Lord's Supper. They can't recognize the body and blood either. Someone who is not yet of our fellowship, should not receive the Lord's Supper until they've been instructed and can join us in our fellowship. How many books are in the Bible? 66. Old Testament? 39? New Testament? 27. Can you name all 27 New Testament books? Quick. Who, who be honest? Who might struggle with the order of the New Testament books? Couple people? Can you give me 45 seconds? Can I teach us you'll never forget? Okay? Can you make it out to 1st and 2nd Corinthians? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians. Then, you know, which one is which? Can you remember this? Grandma eats purple crayons. Okay? That stands for Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Can you picture your grandma eating purple crayons? It's weird, but it works. Okay? Then there are five T's. They all begin with T. They're in alphabetical order. They also get, the, the words get shorter. So it's first and second, Thessalonians. First and second, Timothy, Titus. And forgive me, is there coffee in heaven? Yes, because Philemon, Hebrews. That's an appropriate groan, I apologize. But then it's one, two, three, four, you're done. They're all guys' names. There's one, James. Two, Peter. Three, John. How many letters in Jude? Four, Revelation, you're done. Get it? we try it? Let's get out to Corinthians. Matthew, Mark, Luke, louder, John, Acts, Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians. Grandma eats purple crayons. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, five T's. First and second, Thessalonians. First and second, Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, one, two, three, four. James, first and second, Peter, first, second, third, John, Jude, Revelation. You're done. Whew. Okay. Now, quick, I'll pick on one person for the minor prophets. I'm just kidding. Okay. But, there is an acronym for that, too, because Hobbits, just always open jars. Midnight, honey. Mm. Sometime I'll teach you that one too. Um, if you were to die tonight, would you go to heaven? Yes. yes. Why? Jesus died for my sins. What's your confirmation verse? If you don't remember it, if you can't just say Romans 1.16, go home and look it up and think about it. Use that as one of your private devotions this week. Read it tonight before you go to bed. If you don't remember, call and ask, okay, uh, wherever it was that you were confirmed. They probably have pretty good records. Remember your confirmation verse. Remember what Paul says here. Whether, I'm, I'm very happy to report that our 33 8th graders and our two high schoolers all passed their confirmation examination this week. It was 20 to 25 minutes of intense questioning like the four and a half minutes you just did. I know it was a little bit longer. And uh, and they all did extremely well. Whether you did well or whether you struggled just a little bit, you and I have a lifetime to keep on studying, to keep on learning, and I want to encourage you, as the Apostle Paul does here in Acts 20, that you have been trained already in the whole will of God the full counsel of God. But there is always more studying to do, more training, more, uh, uh, more, more reflecting on God's holy word. Whether you have a little bit of Christian education or whether you've had lots, there is always more to learn. And one of the easiest and most helpful ways to remind yourself of the basic truths is to get out your old catechism. Crack it open. It might actually physically crack. In the front is Luther's small catechism, the Enchiridion. Take that before supper tonight or at your noon meal today and read one of them. The first commandment and the what does this mean? Then close it and say your table prayer and keep that in your mind or talk about it together. And then tomorrow do the same thing and put a post-it note or a bookmark in there and do it again and again and again. Remember, dads, in some families it's going to be a mom. In some families it might be a grandma or a grandpa or whoever it is. Or if you're uh, 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 the resident of a group home and you've got people under your care, then it's your task to do this, to remind the family of what God's word is because we are the shepherds of those little flocks. Just as Paul told the Ephesian bishops and pastors, you now are responsible for your flocks because I'm leaving. You and I are responsible for our little flocks at home as well. Why is this important? Why do we keep on reviewing what God's word says? Paul, in our text, gives us three reasons. First, it's for our comfort. Luther's small catechism was written For the head of the household to train his or her uh, 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 children and other family members who are there in the truths of God's word, because this quotes scripture directly in a way that reminds us who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for us. These are the words of everlasting life. Second, Paul also warns us that there will be attacks, savage wolves to rend and tear us from the outside, waiting to tear at us, a danger outside the church. Some false doctrines are taught and in, in, in proclaimed in language that is so close to that of Scripture that it can be hard to figure out what's wrong and what's right. That's why you want to review what's right over and over again. Some outside attacks are so blatant and obvious that you know what they're saying, but sometimes Somebody who attacks your faith on the outside may use kind of smoke and mirrors to attack peripheral things that don't make any difference, like the day, uh, 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 what's what's the date of Jesus' birth, or what's the exact date of, 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 of Easter? Is it more important to know the day that Jesus was born or the fact that Jesus was born? It's the fact, isn't it? And whether we calculate that using uh, the passages that are there in Matthew and in Luke, when Jesus' cousin, six months older than he was, was prophesied when his father, Zechariah, of the division of Abijah and First Chronicles tells us when that division served, and we can kind of calculate it out and figure out that, yeah, it was sometime probably in late November or late or to late December, in there somewhere when Jesus was born, What's matter is that he was born, that he was incarnate. The date of Easter, whether it's the 14th of Nisan or the Sunday following Good Friday as we do it, what's important is the fact of the resurrection and that the Bible gives us eyewitness accounts, verified, proven eyewitness accounts from Matthew and John who were there, from Mark and Luke who interviewed people who were there, and from Paul, who says, there were all of these eyewitnesses. Uh, Some of them have died, but Paul challenges people reading his letter at his time that they all saw this, go and ask. And then Paul even confesses, you know, even I saw the risen Jesus. He appeared to me as well, even though I didn't deserve it. But you don't get to say that there is no record, that there is no proof, because we have what? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Paul's testimony in 1 Corinthians, the rest of the New Testament. The the other attacks on the outside will come, but there will also be attacks, Paul warns, thirdly, from inside the church. The church of God has always had attacks like this. Moses, with the children of Israel there in the desert, was attacked by his relatives, Dathan and Abiram, even by his own family By Aaron and by Miriam, his sister one time. Also, uh, uh, David got attacked by his own family, trying to hold the Israelites together to secure the borders and, and focus all 12 tribes on worship at a single place as God had commanded, and yet he lost track of his own family and his own sons rebelled against him. One of his sons even murdering another one in David's own home. Earlier than that, Job had gotten sick. His wife, his best friends, attacked his faith, told him that he wasn't living a life of faith, that he wasn't righteous before God. And then there's the fellowship of Jesus and the apostles, all of them are listening to Jesus, being trained by them, and Judas Iscariot. Judas, who had listened to Jesus, who had healed the sick, who had driven out devils, permitted the devil to come into his own heart as he betrayed the Lord. We cannot promise that trouble will never come, that persecution will never come. To the church or to our families, it's going to happen. But we can keep on reminding each other, our own private flocks, of what we already know, of what the Word of God says. It's pretty easy to slip up when we're shepherding one another. We don't even intend to do some of the things that we do. You might feel all kinds of guilt over, over maybe sending your child to their first job and, and, and people begin to attack their faith and, and give him or her new bad ideas. Maybe you sent your child to a public university and had their faith just, 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 just attacked and, and almost crushed. And whether it's in the classroom or whether it's with a a new circle of friends, we can't hide each other from these things. We can train one another to be ready for them and guide each other and remind them of what the Bible says. Paul knows that we slip and fall, that we sometimes associate with people who, who will attack our faith. It's almost as if we invite these attacks in. But Paul says something amazing in verse 28. One of the greatest doctrinal passages of the Bible. God bought us with his own blood. God bought us with his own blood. One attack that we sometimes hear is that, oh, the Bible never says that Jesus is God. You can't show me a passage where Jesus says, I am God. But Jesus says it at his trial, asked, are you the Christ, the Son of God? I am. Matthew, an eyewitness, records it. John, an eyewitness, records it and proclaims it. Peter proclaims it in his epistles. Paul proclaims it here. God bought us with his own blood. The blood of Jesus Christ on the cross is the blood of God shed for you and me, for the forgiveness of our sins. One last examination question. Is there any sin in your life that is not forgiven? No. All of your sins and mine are forgiven in Jesus. Keep on sharing that with the people that you love, Share that message and know that the sharing and the content of the message, the truth of God, are both the whole will of God. And the peace of God that transcends our understanding guards your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus.